has nothing to do with the question he asked you. Nothing to do with the question he asked you. Well, that statement might be literally true. I don't oh, my God! <laughs> one in a million, a million, the one villain. Too hot to be in the kitchen. I'll end up melting the ceiling. We ache to have them on our shows. We ache to debate them. But they won't debate us, and they won't come on our shows, and they won't us have us on their shows. I have offered tens of thousands of dollars to any left-wing columnist on the New York Times to debate me anywhere they want. They could choose the moderator. They could choose the audience. And serious money. All right, so I debate leftists. I debate liberals all the time. And I think that there's levels to this. There are people who are... Like, once you get bigger than life and you have, like, millions of subscribers of people who watch your channels and stuff like that, the game changes. But a lot of these content creators who have much less than that, they're more willing to, to engage. There are people, conservatives and liberals, debating on Twitch, on YouTube, all the time. I've, I've had more invites to debate and have conversations with liberals than I've ever had with other conservatives. I kid you not. I kid you not. Joining us now is Dennis Prager, the man you just saw in that video. And Dennis, uh, I guess you could call TYT a cinnamon because uh, we don't want you to ache. We want to make sure we give you an opportunity to feel good uh, uh, by debating well, someone I, on the left. Funny, I, I was thinking if only you were a New York Times columnist, how much money you'd be making now. <laughs> well, I'm a little more honest than a New York Times columnist. So uh, this will be a great conversation. Thank you for doing it. Let's do it. So I wanted Thank to- you for having me. My pleasure. So. I wanted to just kind of start off with, I guess, disagreeing with the notion that the left is afraid to have these kinds of discussions or debates. In fact, you had tweeted that video that we started this conversation with, and there were a lot of responses from prominent individuals on the left. I want to give you a few examples. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. We finna see. All right. Now, it looked like she didn't came prepared. Of course, she should have came prepared. But. I don't know, Dennis Prager, I don't know, we're gonna see. Uh, starting with Vosh, who's a big Twitch streamer. He's got a big YouTube channel as well. He says, you couldn't be more wrong. I love spirited debate in the free marketplace of ideas. He even provided his email and would love to have that conversation with you. Okay, here's the problem. I don't, even though Vosh is like, uh, he, he's okay. He, he's pretty prominent, right? He, 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 he has some name clout, right? But He's not on that tier. Big guys like Ben Shapiro and Dennis Prager, there's no way to consider Vosh to be on their tier or their level, right? You just wouldn't consider that to be on your level. And I can see why they wouldn't take Vosh seriously. Some people say, well, they should. Look, and I'd be, I'd be interested to see a debate between Vosh and Dennis Prager. I swear I would laugh the whole time, probably. It would probably be epic. But at the same time, I don't see Dennis Prager deciding that it's worth talking to Vosh. My good friend, Ben Burgess, also responded. He's a great guy. He says, hi, Dennis. Uh, I'd be delighted to chat with you either on my show or you could host it through PragerU or I'm sure Modern Day Debate or some other neutral platform would be happy to host it. Shout out to the Modern Day Debate. I was on there. <laughs> and on multiple occasions, I noticed that Sam Cedar would also love to debate you. So he responded in that tweet as well, saying available and adding uh, Tim Pool knows what lengths he would go to to not even be on the same stage as me, right, Tim? Uh, so there's some drama with uh, Tim Pool. But Sam Cedar debated on uh, Destiny and got trashed on this goddamn um, uh, the Kenosha riots and the whole situation dealing with um, uh, what's his name, Kyle Rittenhouse. Like he got trashed. I did a video on that. So. If y'all didn't see that video, y'all should go check it out. But he got trashed. Just wanted to let you know, you're, you don't have to ache anymore. There are lots of people on the left who want to debate you. Oh, I have no doubt that there are a lot of people on the left. The, uh, the, the issue that I raised was people at the New York Times and people <laughs> like you, for, the, for example. You pleasantly surprised me by doing this, to be perfectly honest. And by the way, I think proof of my theory is a piece that I read on some uh, left-wing or progressive site just today about how angry many of your viewers are that you're having me on. Whereas I will tell you, 
I would get no such feedback from the right if I had a left a left wing person on my show. They would be thrilled. So uh, I I still stand by my belief that in general, uh, the people certainly in the higher echelons of the left don't want to debate. But this person should have came on. He should have rubbed his hands. And was like, all right, so you my opponent, and just start going in on her ass like. <laughs> and just start tearing off in her eyes. Like, let, let's get it. Let's get it. It's, it's, you know, it's probably not worth debating whether there would be such a debate. I presume we're having one now. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and I'm glad we are. Well, look, uh, the left isn't a monolith. There's a lot of disagreement on the left. Uh, there's certainly a lot of disagreement on things that I say on this show on various issues, even when it comes to crime. Um, I'm sure you've noticed some of the backlash I've received in that regard as well. However, I will say there is a reason why the right wing tends to be more open to having these kinds of discussions and debates and the left wing gets a little uneasy about it. And it's because there has been this prevalence of prominent figures who identify as the left, right, or on the left, who then later start to, you know, cozy up to right wing figures. And then it turns out that they completely move to the right wing because they're <laughs> essentially paid to do it. Oh, get out of here. Stop it. Stop it. Look, if you a left leaning figure and you have a right leaning figure on your show, and then you decide that you want to tiptoe over to the right, that ain't got nothing to do with getting paid. They got to do with the fact that maybe this person says something that resonated with you. Stop it. Either you lost and you couldn't defend yourself and they went over there, right? Stop the nonsense, bro. What are you saying? That the right wingers have, have some kind of like hypnosis going on? That they manipulating the, the liberal talking heads to coming over to the right? Stop it. Get out of here with this nonsense. They're used as tools by the right wing to essentially spew right wing talking points while purporting to still be on the left. In fact, Dave Rubin's a great example of that. Dave Rubin used to work with us. He identified as someone on the left. Oh, he, they, yeah, go ahead. Forgive me, Adam. Dave Rubin made a video for PragerU why I left the left. Oh, I know. I, I he, he does not, in fact, state to the world that he's still on the left. He I, I don't know who you have in mind, so I, I can only address the one name that you gave. Dave Rubin acknowledges he's not on the left. It's interesting because if I recall correctly, you had a conversation with Dave Rubin. And how incredibly important it was that he was engaging in these discussions with you, discussions with the right wing. And you stated something very specific. I actually want to go to that video and I want to get your thoughts. Maybe you can elaborate on what you meant in this video. Man, let's get to the heated debate, man. Let's get to the topics, man. Oh, let's watch. I want you to continue to say you're, you're a liberal because you're yeah. you're of great use uh, to to good values. Well, don't worry, I'm not doing it for my, for your use I of me. I'm doing, I'm doing it for myself. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's like Christians who say to me, you know, oh, we would love you to come to Christ, but you are so valuable to us as a Jew when you defend us Christians. Yeah. And they're right. You are valuable in the best sense of the word. Because <laughs> the America needs people who are clearly a, a, a liberal and who, and to be honest, and fall into the category of kosher as gay yeah. to say, hey, hello, the conservatives are not hate mongers. Hello, they should be heard. Well, I want to see all the conservatives, especially the big conservatives, embrace me because I'm an atheist conservative and I've yet to be contacted and say, oh, man, you could really have a conversation with non-believers and show them why conservative values work in their worldview. Well, I would love to see it, but- And maybe every- But maybe, let's be fair. If y'all or anybody watching this wanna tell Dennis Prager, hey, maybe you have a conversation with this guy, I'd be open for it. I'm just not gonna lie about anything. So often you should read National Review right. or watch a PragerU video. So Mr. Prager, you can understand why members of the left would feel a little uneasy when these discussions take place because usually it's a sign that someone on the left got lured in with some billionaire cash like Dave Rubin did. Oh, okay, well, see, well, that's an unfair statement. I, I don't accuse people on the left of having their positions because of money. And I don't think you should do that with regard to conservatives. 
Alan Dershowitz is, as, is not a right winger, but Alan Dershowitz has said to me, this Harvard professor is very well known. He's lost all his friends because he, he defended Donald Trump in court. He didn't even vote for Donald Trump. Just merely defending his right to have a defense was enough for him to lose his friends. The, the assumption on the left is that if you're a conservative, you're a despicable human being. And th this is a perfect example. This is what Dennis is talking about. I don't disagree with him here, right? Like, listen and listen well. If you're a liberal, if you're somebody on the left, listen and listen clearly. Most of the time when y'all lose people to the left over to the right, it's because there's this big idea on the left that's intolerable to people who entertain certain conservative ideals, right? And the moment you don't destroy a conservative or push back on a certain point that a conservative made, then the liberals will eat you alive. I'm not going to say liberals, but the leftists will eat you alive. And then you become a target on your own side. And then you start to say, okay, well, I'm not being treated here, but these people over here seem to treat me pretty well. Okay, well, first of all, I don't think that the people who leave liberalism or the left because their side is against them or pushing them against them are truly conservative. They might be conservative in name only, or they're looking for some kind of shelter. But I don't buy this idea that they fundamentally believe in conservative principles and philosophy. But at the same time, I've heard, I've had conversations with countless people who were on the left who got pushed away because of the intolerance of people who question certain dogmas on the liberal side. And look, there are certain liberal principles that they should be able to defend without resulting to isolating certain people who raise questions. That's an internal problem that they got to deal with, but it's costing them. But on the conservative side, most people, even if they disagree, they're not going to feel like they're being brutally attacked by their side. So that's something that the left has to fix if they want to stop this from happening. The only reason Dave Rubin would have done it was, was for money. Uh, I don't know anybody on my side of the spectrum who holds their positions because of money. Uh, there's a hell of a lot more money on the left anyway. Really? If you want to get really? money. Really? Oh, how, how is like, She said that he left or they leave for money. Dave Rubin literally said in that video, he's not doing it for you. He's not doing it for nobody else. He's doing it for himself. All right? He literally contradicted exactly what she said. Yeah, Prager, who, you who funded. The Washington Post. How is Prager, you funded? Washington Post. Uh -oh, here by, we go. By, by people on the internet and by wealthy donors. But uh, Prager, Prager, <laughs> Prager, you does the is is pittance compared to the money that is available just to BLM. Uh, why much? How much money was given to Black Lives Matter? Uh, by the Ooh, not by billionaire donors. They certainly oh. received quite a bit of money oh. from. Come on, man! You had McDonald's and all of these big companies saying they support Black Lives Matter. And they were gonna give money to Black causes and all of this stuff. Let's stop the nonsense. Let's stop the nonsense. Some individ individuals who no, wanted no, to donate they, they to that received, cause. Okay. But if you think right. there's a lot of money on the left, I mean, you would be mistaken. But there I do want to move of, off oh, this because there are actual wait, topics wait, 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 issues that are worth discussing. The, the, richest, the richest zip codes vote Democrat. Mm -hmm. The wealth today in America is 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 disproportionately for uh, on behalf of Democrats and the left wing. That's either a fact or not. Anybody could look it up. There's a difference between voters in wealthy parts of the country and who who ends up serving as donors, both for politicians, corporate politicians, of course, and for right wing media. If you think left wing media has major billionaire donors, again, you'd sadly be mistaken. But the information regarding Prager U. First of all, the left doesn't need billionaire donors, honestly. But to be fair, they have Hollywood. They have all of the culture. They literally control the culture, man. I don't care what side you're on. Let's just be honest. Let's admit it. The culture is dominated by liberal thought minded people. You cannot be a, a big conservative or a conservative minded person and get major roles in Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? Most of like successful music artists and stuff like that probably will say something along the lines of supporting liberal agendas. Let's be honest. And look, some people will say that it's nefarious or that it's somehow rigged. I really do believe that for the most part, I think liberal-minded people tend to gravitate towards the arts. And I think it's just by proxy that that is the case. Now, when it comes to education, 
and college and universities, that's a totally different story. It's overwhelmingly dominated by liberals. Now, okay, that's a different argument from like where the billionaire donors and stuff like that goes, right? Look, it's no secret that Democrats and Republicans both have major donors who have deep, deep pockets, right? But it's a reason that the conservatives hang so strongly onto like people like Elon Musk. It's because Elon Musk is like one of the very few billionaires who will openly endorse certain conservative ideas that he may not even consider to be conservative, but conservatives agree with it because it is like a pro-American stance when it comes to certain um, ideas in the marketplace and like Twitter, for example. So like, it's a reason they cling on to him because they don't necessarily have that level of influence and appeal to the broadness of America like the the liberals do. Which, by the way, hey. you're listed as an organization that's tax exempt, correct? And you're not supposed to be talking about political issues. But last time I checked, PragerU yeah. talks about a lot of political issues. <laughs> the, uh, well, then you haven't checked the money. in a long time. Uh, for example, we we never did a single video on Donald Trump, and that's not exactly political. Uh, we just did a, uh, uh, we put out a video a week. So we have 500 videos out about, and uh, uh, we just put out one on Millard Fillmore. If you consider that political, Riveting. most people never heard of it. We're doing every single president. Many of our videos, probably at least half are purely educational. So to tell you about every president, for example, Democrat or Republican by some noted historian, uh, it's a caricature of, of PragerU uh, for you to say that we are largely political. PragerU describes itself as- As you see, as she started talking, it kind of muted his mic down. <laughs> that was funny. Conservative, like it's a yes, conservative take, conservative, which okay. by the nature of it being conservative is political. Yeah. But listen, it is what it is. No, no, I, no, I do- what, See, she makes a proclamation and then she was like, yeah, but listen, we're gonna move on, right? Like, it's hard to have a conversation with somebody. If we're going to, like, if we're going to disagree about a very contentious thing, we need to flush this out and find out where it goes. But a lot of times these talk shows, they have time limits, so they want to put certain, like, uh, limitations on certain conversations so they can move on and get to the points that they're trying to make. It's not productive. It gets you nowhere. So if Dennis Prager shows up on her channel and they have a conversation, it never fully leads to one person saying you're right or I didn't see it that way or I never understood it and now it makes sense to me. You never get there because it's only a limited amount of time focused on each individual subject. So while she can make the claim, I had Dennis Prager on and we had this conversation, it really was more of a publicity stunt. I really do. Like, let's do the Joe Rogan thing. Like, let's sit down for hours and let's have this, let's hash this thing out. Then we talk. I want to move on wait, to other issues wait, because there are actual know, political issues wait, that you're here to discuss. With all, you can't make a point and then not let me respond. Okay, Forgive me. Yes, you can be conservative, for example, socially and not specifically. Po politically generally means vote Republican. We don't tell people to vote anyway in any in any direction. But yes, we do believe that America is the finest country ever founded. If that makes us political, we're political. Okay. To be fair, I think Dennis Prager is definitely political. I think that Dennis Prager and uh, many of the videos that they will produce, it, it, it bends slightly towards conservative values. And you might say that it's educational. It could be. But overall, you're going to teach things from that lens. You're going to pick what to cover and what to educate on, depending on what kind of message you're trying to portray. And People will watch those videos and they will come to certain conclusions will, i.e., lead to more of a conservative perspective, which, i.e., will probably end with them voting more towards the Republicans. I mean, it, it, you don't have to follow too many breadcrumbs to get there. But at the same time, I think Dennis Prager's whole example is like, yo, we don't base we don't we don't use our videos to say you got to vote one way or the other. We're basically using our values and our information and we're highlighting certain aspects of American culture that we think should be highlighted and in, in that a lot of young people or a lot of people are not getting, that they're missing out on that and we should provide it.
in, in a sense, that could not be political. It's just like, yo, people need to get the full story. So I think that he's seeing it from that way. And you can see it from either way you want to. But I would still argue that PragerU is, it's mostly political. When I watch their videos or if I see one of their videos, I get the political bent there. But it's nothing wrong with that because at least they're honest. So I want to move on to other statements you've made, other issues. You know, you do focus on culture war related issues, uh, your distaste, hatred for secularism. I want to start off without putting words in your mouth, show a video of something you said just yesterday on the uh, Dennis Prager show that I thought was fascinating. So let's take a look at that and we'll discuss. The computer sticker phenomenon is crazy. It was actually one of the biggest what, shots. What does I that had. mean? What does that mean? On your computer right here, people instead of just having a, a blank. Oh, back, I see. They would messages. On, yes, it would either. And be, what was the common message? I heart women, or um, just the the female sign. You know, the circle. And Wait, the arrow. I heart women on a woman's computer. Yes. All of this is proof to me that women need men. These women are manless. <laughs> they may have hookups, but they're manless. And it, they might have been fatherless too. Ending with my generation, I would say in ending with the, the baby boomers, but certainly through then, a young woman thought a lot about, do I have a boyfriend? Mm -hmm. What will my wedding be like? What will I wear? Who will be there? Who will the guy be? That is, that I believe is healthy and normal for a young woman. Mm -hmm. it's okay, so be keep in mind that she went and decided which clips to pull and which clips to show to further the conversation in a certain direction. You probably can find Dennis Prager saying a lot of stuff. Dennis Prager has been doing this for a long time. So I'm pretty sure you can find stuff that you say that he disagrees with. You can find him saying stuff that mostly everybody agrees with, right? Hey, but of course, she wanted to find the stuff that she wanted to talk about. So no problem there, but just keep in mind that that's a fact of the case. Now, on the other hand, I think most young women are being thrust one way or the other because society puts a lot of pressure on young people in general. And if society changes cultural norms, then most likely a lot of women are going to change their cultural norms as younger. And a lot of guys do that as well. Now, do we disagree or do we have a problem with women changing those norms into a certain direction? I would say, yes, I agree with Dennis Prager to a certain extent that Nothing wrong with marriage, nothing wrong with raising a family, nothing wrong with uh, a woman seeking that type of relationship. And I think there are plenty still the majority of women who want those things, even though a lot of women are not learning the skills to be a good wife and a lot of men are not learning the skills to be a good husband. Overall, I still think that a lot of people are seeking that one person that they can be real with and that they can start a family with or at least grow and bond with over time. I still think that's the majority, but there are probably less and less women who are actually dreaming about that day. And that's something that a lot of people assume that women aren't necessarily putting themselves at good use when they are dreaming about their dream prince coming to swoop them off their feet and take them off to the castle and marry them and they live happily ever after. A lot of, at least a lot of the strong leftist types will probably be like, why would you, like, why is that your dream? And they will look down on it. It's a good thing. That has been knocked out by, by the, the feminist left. And if you think about it, you're, you're, you're a weak female. So fascinating statements there. Uh, you seem to believe that women who love themselves, who love uh -oh. women, who feel confident about being women, uh -oh. and tend to be manless and lonely. Do you genuinely think that? Do you think I'm manless well, and lonely? I, I, was, I, I think I women that, rock. I said that in general, women need men. And I've said a thousand times that in general, men need women. The fact that that's controversial is a statement about what's happened to our culture. But you got triggered by a story about women who have laptops. He didn't get triggered. He just responded to it. He didn't get triggered. See, 
the way she's like phrasing the the interaction in that conversation is disingenuous. She's not acting in good faith with this. Like you got triggered. All right, let's leave the word triggered out of it because then uh, they they always say a lot of times that conservatives get triggered or whatever the case may be. But like that was not a triggering case. He didn't blow up or anything of that sort. Diggers that just say positive things about women. You immediately your well, mind immediately I went to. They might have daddy issues and they're lonely, they need men. You know, it's funny, the the, the whole bumper sticker slogans and stuff like that, they, they like to say a lot of times that certain people are dog whistling, but let's be funny and let's be factual at the same time. A lot of these little slogans and stuff is virtue signaling and it's meaning something much deeper than just what's on the surface. So Dennis Prager, to be fair, might've heard that and immediately understand what was being signaled there. I want to yeah. understand your thinking. Like, okay, what? How do you? How do you get to that, that. conclusion? Uh, it's, it's. If you had if a heterosexual man, with ninety-seven percent of men are heterosexual, with a sticker "I love men," <laughs> you, you would you would wonder why? Why don't men have stickers "I love men"? You exactly would. Like, let's be honest. This was a good response. This was a good response. <laughs> but you think it's perfectly normal and, and a non-issue that women would have stickers, I love women. What What is the point of, of saying that? The, the, it is worthy of a question. What? And I don't think that 50 years ago, this would have been, obviously there were no laptops then, but I don't think it would have been a common sentiment. I don't understand why women would need to announce I love women if they're not a gay woman. You tell me, I'm curious, what, is, what does yeah. that signify? Well, I mean, listen, as an individual who values free speech and freedom of expression, I think that women and men can have whatever laptop stickers they want. That has nothing to do with the question he asked you. Nothing to do with the question he asked you. Not one iota. And uh, the reason why there is a difference between men and women in regard to those laptop stickers is because, I mean, when you really think about it, uh -huh, women uh -huh. didn't have the right to vote for a very long time. Uh -huh. Women didn't even have the ability to apply. So it's about voting. It's about women's rights. It's like, I love women. It's like, okay, I love women really just means women in general have been oppressed. And the best way I can fix that is by saying I love women. Apply for a credit card until the 1970s. There have been equality issues when it comes to men and women. Now we're we're getting a lot better, that's for sure. Okay, let's be fair, right? Women have had plenty of struggles throughout history and there's no way we can deny that, right? But here's the thing that we also gotta acknowledge. People like to live in a bubble thinking that, okay, I've had these issues or the people that I know that come from my gender had these issues. Therefore, I'm going to focus on our issues and completely act as if the male species opinions or thoughts or the things they struggle through don't matter. And you cannot do that. See, you can care about women and women empowerment while at, this, while at the same time understanding that men still have value and that men have problems and struggles that need to be addressed as well. You don't have to do one or the other. You can do both. And a lot of times these women only try to act as if women problems matter, where we can just dismiss that men are struggling and suffering as well. So that's the issue. And let's be honest, women had it hard throughout history, but let's not act like men always had it good. For the majority of men in history, it's been pretty horrible too. It, you can say it's not, it's not a bit as worse as women. Fine, go for it. But to deny that men have not suffered throughout history, men had to go to war and fight and die so that the women and the children could survive. Like, let's not pretend like men are not the victims of violence against by other men more than women are, especially in today's society. Like, to like everybody is playing this victim role of like, oh, my oppression is the only oppression that matters. And if you don't belong in my oppression group, somehow get over it, suck it up, and just understand that I'm saying something here, regardless of how your feelings are or regardless of what you're going through. And that's the biggest problem. I'm not against women standing up for women's rights and in solidarity, but it should never come at the cost of putting men down or ignoring men and their suffering as well.
But first of all, I don't agree that women have laptop stickers that just simply say, I love women. It's probably some sort okay, of empowering statement for I, women. I but that. that doesn't mean, that doesn't translate to, Oh, I'm a lonely, manless person, well, and I should enough. go back to the good old days when women sat around thinking about whether or not they're going to find a husband and get married. You seem well, to why, push why you, your values you, and your views on relationships. Let the man respond. Onto other people. And what I'm trying to get you to Is this woman explaining? <laughs> is this woman explaining? <laughs> understand is... Rather than making generalizations about what's best for women, maybe allow women, allow people to live their lives as they see fit, have a belief system right. as they so, see fit. Okay. Why do you feel the so need I to have, force your beliefs onto other people? They literally have a channel that goes after other people's beliefs and other things that people are doing and they attack it all the time. He is not saying that we should force people to do something. What he's saying is, I have an opinion, I have thoughts, I have a way of seeing life, and I want to promote that, and I want to have discussions surrounding that, and I want to uplift the values that I care about. And it's the same thing the Young Turks are doing. To make it seem as if this man is doing something that they're not doing, just on the opposite end. See, that's the that's the disconnection there. A lot of times we think that the opposite side is they're nefarious in their means, and they just want to dictate, and they want to just like control everybody. But at the same time, they're distributing the same types of behavior. But to them, they're just for freedom and they're just for freeing people and fighting for the oppressed and the unjust, the, the, the like the people who don't get justice. And you cannot convince these people otherwise unless they are open-minded enough to realize that, hey, maybe I got some things right and maybe I got some things wrong. Let's have a real conversation and let me not accuse you of doing something you may not be doing. I want to give a huge thanks to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this video. See, if you're anything like me and you care about your privacy, your security, and your data, then you definitely need to be using ExpressVPN. I'm not just saying that. I care about my viewers and I care about myself, which is why I use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TVs. So it's really no excuse why you shouldn't be using it. On top of that, if you watch different streaming services like Netflix, then ExpressVPN will allow you to have up to 94 different IP addresses in different countries, which will give you access to shows that you don't even have available in your own country. So why not give it a try? Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash Javier, and you can get three extra months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Javier. ExpressVPN.com slash Javier to learn more. Go ahead. Well, first of all, okay, I don't understand the word force. I the, mean. The fact that you think that if I offer my opinion, I'm forcing people to adopt it is a bit odd. You don't believe that America I, should be secular. So what does wait, that wait, mean? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let me finish that point. Sure, go ahead. I believe that I have the right, as you do, to offer people thoughts on what might be a better and happier life for them. Fact check, true. I've written a book on happiness, which which uh, has touched a lot of lives if one wants to read the reviews on Amazon. I believe, again, that in general, of course, every generalization has exceptions. Most women will have a better and happier life with a good man. And most men will have a happier and better life with a good woman. I don't know why that is controversial to state. All I know is that having adopted the view that career is more important than marriage has led to more depressed women than anything that preceded it. There are more young women today depressed than at any time in American history. This is in the New York Times. This is not from a right wing source. I think feminism has made women more miserable than happy. So I'm gonna address that in just a second, but I want to address what you said prior to that very quickly. So all right. So she says she's gonna address that in just a second. I hope she does. But note that and remember she should address that in just a second, right? Right? Okay, cool. Make sure y'all hit the like button if y'all watching. Listen, I don't have a problem with someone saying women 
are likely to be happier in life if they find a partner to share their life with. I don't think that that's a controversial statement. What is controversial is you seeming to imply that feeling confident or supportive toward women and being happy single or in a relationship that it's mutually exclusive. Like you can't be supportive of women and have a happy life. Like the weird connection that you tried to make there makes no sense. What was the final? He put words in his mouth. He didn't say anything about the sort of like, if you support women, you can't have a happy life. That's not exactly what he said at all. It's like she's mixing his words and she's attacking a straw man argument. Am I confused? Like, this is not like me coming to the defense of Dennis Prager. I'm analyzing the conversation and trying to make sense of it as in real time, right? Did he come out and did he say anything relatively close to saying that you cannot support women and be happy? Because I did not get that. Thing that you said. I, I, I was speaking about the the, the depression among yes. women in today's time. That's yeah. a great point. And you know what? That's right. Uh, there's actually increasing rates of depression and anxiety among men and women. I think that's important to point out. And you are concluding. I wonder why though. I wonder why. Concluding that it's because of, I, I guess, the breakdown of the traditional family is that. People right. who remain single. I think I think that the belief that many young women have that they they if they find a man that's a great thing, but the thing that will really bring them joy in life is career has has misled massive numbers of women into a less happy life. Career is not as terrific as the uh, the feminists portrayed it as being mm-hmm. the the joy available for most women with a good husband and making most men probably have to drag their feet to get to work like most men is like would i rather be doing something else or being at this hard job working 12 hours or 10 hours or 8 hours a day like even for men it's like oh, of course i would rather be doing something else especially if you you're not doing a job that you absolutely love so of course it i, I don't think like why would we assume that women going into the workplace would somehow make them like happy to work? Uh, of course, there are going to be women who want to work, of course. But like men don't even want to do most of the jobs that they have to do. But why would we expect it to be any different for women? But the only difference is now the husband and the wife or the girlfriend and the boyfriend are at work. And the kids are not getting the attention that they need or the details that need to be paid attention to. So now you're losing both parents. So, I mean, I just don't see like, okay, if what we were doing before wasn't working and what we're doing now isn't working, are we just going to double down and say, keep doing what we're doing now? Or are we going to try to rework this thing? You know, time to put our brains together and come up with a solution. A family is not, is incomparably more than from a career. Have you considered some of the economic issues within this country that don't really give women a choice as to whether or not they should yes, focus on a that, career? That's a very real issue. I fully acknowledge that. That if you don't have a career to fall back on and there's a divorce, uh, that that you're entirely right. That is not the same thing as saying career is going to give you a great deal of meaning and happiness like a marriage will. You're entirely right. Economically speaking, there is value in having a fallback career. This is called nuance. This is having the ability to think one thing and understand that there are positives and negatives that we all have to weigh. You know, I can't argue with him here. I fully acknowledge that. But it goes, I'm going further than that because the idea that a family can live in a single income household today (laughs) is laughable. That is. It's all good, Fluffy. Good to see you. I hope your night is going well as well. (laughs) <laughs> Mama ain't happy. <laughs> What's up, bro? <laughs> Incredibly difficult well. to do. And so while the right wing see, and, and you yourself seem to have this idea that, well, you know, women should focus on marriage. They should focus on building a family. First of all, you can't force anyone to do that, right? But let's say you want to encourage women to focus on that. You want to give them the choice, but you want to encourage them. A great way to encourage them 
is to create an economic system in which people feel comfortable knowing that they can survive on a single income household. I'm talking This is what it comes down to. Government assistance, government help, socialist programs. This is what it comes down to, right? I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I couldn't. Like we watching the young turks like I know it's going to circle its way around to this, right? You know? Nobody ever considered the fact that when, when when women went into the workplace, you know what it also created, right? It also created more people to do more jobs. And that means there are more people in the workplace that are competing for these jobs, which means that you can drive, you can drive wages down because you have an influx of people who can do a job. So you don't have, if you have, uh, if you have 10 people who trying to apply for one job, then you have much more negotiation on how much you pay that person. Whereas if you really need a job done and you can't find anybody to do it, then you're probably willing to pay much more to do it. Now, the economy has changed and it's so drastic and it's so like broad and encompassing. I'm not stating that as a fact, but I'm, I'm stating that as it may be a potential component in the overall scheme of the economy because you have to take that in consideration. And like, Okay, now women and men are competing for the same jobs. So when we have more competition in the market, it makes sense that maybe wages won't be as high as they would have been if you had a limited amount of workforce to work with. Talk about when they're married. Okay, both individuals in a marriage have to work in order to be able to pay their rent, pay their mortgage, put food on the table for their children, educate their children. Wages have remained stagnant since the 1970s. Uh, Women don't have a choice. See, she found she found her talking points and she bit down hard. She she about to ride, she riding it out, right? As to whether or not they can work or whether or not they should just focus on raising children. They don't have the choice. That's the point I'm trying to make. So sacrifice the children instead. That's the, that's the obvious case. That's the obvious case, right? Like, let's be fair. Let's be honest, okay? And I've been, I think I'm like one of the few YouTubers or one of the fewest content creators that I've heard actually bring this up. But let's be fair. There are so many people in this country living beyond their means. People want to have the best of the best. People want to have like, the better cars, people want to have cars more expensive than they can afford. People want to eat food that they probably shouldn't eat or to buy and spend more than they should. We are a very consumer consuming nation. We consume a lot of stuff and so much stuff go to waste. If you just look at how much stuff gets returned to Amazon that never actually makes it into somebody's house. If you look at the amount of waste that we do, amount of food that we throw away, people are living well beyond their means. What people are arguing for is we want everybody to have the same amount of income and the same lifestyle as what we perceive well-off people or wealthy people to have. That's really what it is. But if you compare people living today to people who lived 100 years ago, I guarantee you, if you bought those people from 100 years ago into today, I guarantee you they would live our lifestyles and probably not complain about anything and feel like they have more than enough. But we're always comparing where we are relatively to where other people are in our society at the moment we're alive. But if you look through our human history, most people in America have gotten accustomed to living amongst their means and they want more. So that's what they're arguing for. But I'm not trying to overlook the fact that there are certain real situations when it comes to like people who go into major debt because they decide to go to college or university or people who go into massive debt because they get sick and get cancer or something like that and they can't afford their medical bills. Those are real problems and those are things that we have to address. But let's not act as if all Americans are living under this like this dystopian uh, reality where most people aren't getting their basic needs. Right, and we differ on that because the... The reason that many women, not all, but perhaps most even, are are working is not just economic, especially in the certainly in the upper class, upper middle class, and even part of the middle class. It is because they believe that their self-worth derives more from work. Than I agree with you 100% Fluffy. Facts. 
Read the comments, y'all. The man speaking facts. And it does from family. If a girl got up at a in a high school or college class, let's say a, a professor or a teacher said, so uh, women, I mean, to the extent that they can now say that, because you can't say boys and girls in many elementary schools, because we're told by your side that sex is not binary. But let's say they say, we'd like the women in this class, please stand up and tell us what your, your vision for your life is. If a girl got up in a college class and said, you know, to be honest, my greatest hope in life is for a good marriage and to make a family. She would be regarded as almost a freak. Which, yeah, that's 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 uh, fluffy. Uh, I, I I agree with you. Like, yeah, I want people to call in who like have a, a specific thing they want to discuss that they might disagree with me on, or something that we need to clear up. Or like, yeah, that's that's cool. Like, yeah, I don't want to just like sit on the phone and like, yeah, we agree, we agree, we agree, we agree. Like, that's that's not really what I want to do or how I want to spend the time. But I, I appreciate your concern. Like, I appreciate you saying that because that makes sense. And much love for you for that. She, I mean, you, what is that based on? Yes, what evidence are. do you have to back that up? I, I live in the real world. So do uh, I. There is, okay. And you believe that if a girl got up and said that, she would be regarded with the same respect as the girl who said, I'd, I'd like to be a physicist. I believe that most normal people. Yes or no. Say yes or no. And then tell me why are too busy thinking about how they need to survive and are less concerned about the aspirations of individuals in their classroom. And so if you- Shut up, Shut, bro, anybody been to high school? Anybody been to elementary school, middle school? Bro, kids pick on kids for having dirty shoes, for not having nice clothes. Kids care about stuff like the simplest stuff. And kids laugh at each other over the dumbest stuff. You think those those kids are really concerned about survival? No, they're being taken care of by their parents. So yeah, if a kid grew, uh, if a kid, if a girl, young girl stood up in, in the middle of class and said she wanted to be a housewife or something like that, she definitely won't get the same regard from the kids as the girl who said, "I'm going to be a lawyer, or I'm going to be a doctor, or I'm going to be a dentist, or I'm going to be an astronaut, or a politician, or something of that sort." Of course, they're going to like, oh, wow, this girl really has her future planned out. She really has goals. She really has something she headed for. I wouldn't even be surprised if one of the teachers would be like, this girl want to be a housewife? And she might want to talk to her after class and be like, what's going on with you? You don't aspire to be anything? Like, what is going to be your career or anything? I can imagine a teacher doing that, especially in today's time. I can imagine that because it would probably happen when I was younger. Yo, when I was younger in school, there was, when I was, I, I can remember this like the back of my hand. When I was in like first grade, one of the kids but the teacher asked everybody their favorite color. And one of the little girls said her favorite color was black. And I remember distinctly that the teachers was talking behind this girl black. Like her, her back was like, yo, she's so weird. Like, why, why was she like the color black? Everybody else picked blue, red, pink, and, and she picked black. Something's weird about this young child. Like teachers think stuff like that. And it's gotten even worse over time. So the fact that she would get the same regard as the girl who grew up, who wanted to be something like real major in her career. Come on, man. Like, we have to deny this. We have to pretend and we have to constantly, like, put on this facade of society to act as if, like, we don't know what's really going on. You have data backing up that women who want to be homemakers are persecuted in this country. I'd love to see that data. And I wouldn't agree I know, with that I persecution. Persecuted. You All uh, I seem to apply that they're that being they victimized be by wanting to be homemakers. And I He never said victimized. He never said any of those things. See, She's misrepresenting. Why are you doing this, Prager? Like, look, there are things that I might disagree with Prager on, right? And we can have that conversation. But like the, the constant misrepresentation of what he says, rephrasing what he said and, and putting it back out as if he's saying something he's not. Like, wow. I, I understand that he's doing this to show that he's willing and open to have these conversations. But at some point, you just be like, are you even listening to me? Like, are you even listening? Bro, I went on a conservative show like what, two weeks ago or whatever, and nobody was listening to me. Like I can just tell by the responses that I was getting, like, bro, you're not even listening to me. This has nothing to do with what political side you're on. When you're engaging with somebody in a conversation and they just are literally like bypassing everything you're saying and regurgitating something totally different than what's going on in the conversation, it's like, why are you even wasting your time? I just don't buy it. Okay, fine. So good. This is a classic example of what I say on my radio show. I prefer clarity to agreement. You think that a girl who got up in a college class 
and said, my, my, my most fervent dream is to have a happy marriage and a family will be regarded with the same respect as a girl who said, I would like to be a physician or a physicist. We differ, perfect. Okay. All right, I, and again, if you have data backing up what you're saying, then I'm happy to admit well, what does I'm it mean, wrong. Data, the, the teachers don't do this and and then send it to a computer. So we, you're just declaring, you're declaring, you're making up stories about how women are no, treated no, no, in the classroom, no, they, and we're just supposed to buy it. Okay, he didn't make up a story. He was just giving you a scenario. See. He was setting up a scenario and he was asking your input, like, what do you think? Like, in the world that we live in today, if this were to happen in this situation, what do you think? He wasn't saying, you know, I know every day that women, young women are going through this every day. He didn't say that. He said, given the context and the society in which we live, in this scenario, what do you think would happen? It's like you're not even listening to the conversation. And these are like the worst times to have a conversation with somebody. Let me ask you something. Who is the adult in the room between these two? That is how I decide which one to give my honest energy and thought to. Exactly. It's like, yo, I don't care if you disagree. I don't care if you have different ideas or different thoughts on how you want to organize society. But the least you can do is contend with somebody's conversation or at least argument honestly. The least you can do. Whoever you listen to on YouTube, podcast, Twitch, it don't matter. Whoever you listen to, ask yourself, are they willing to actually deal with people's arguments and give the person an honest response to what they're actually making, like what points they're actually making. Because God, there's so many people out here who just don't listen. They just don't listen. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to have a backup plan. I, I wouldn't argue that, you know? Okay. You, we're, we're each giving the perception of reality that we have. Not every perception of reality has a database. Otherwise, you're, one is a functional moron if one cannot make conclusions about life without data. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's move on to uh, right-wing violence. Uh -oh. Following the <laughs> Buffalo supermarket shooting, which of course was inspired by a belief in a conspiracy. I would love to have this conversation about right-wing violence if we can have a conversation about left-wing violence as well. You know, but I mean, it's, it's her show, it's their show. So like, that's neither here nor there, right? theory that whites are being replaced with minorities in this country purposely to keep Democrats in power. Uh, you felt the need to kind of downplay right-wing extremism in this country. And you said, quote, this man represents such an infinitesimally small segment of the white population. Now, while that statement might be literally true, I don't- Oh my God! I was literally sitting here like, I wonder if she finna disagree with the fact that most white people in this country are not like, like radical racist or whatever the case may be. Like, I was really like sitting here like, please don't do this. Please don't. But even then, what she might be doing right now might be even worse. But at least she, kudos to her for at least admitting that, right? Kudos. Gotta give credit where credit is due. I don't think that the white population in America mostly consists of domestic terrorists. So I agree with you on that. It seems like you kind of want to brush aside the oh. very real problem we're having. See, this is what it's about. You make a factual statement and it's like, okay, that's a fact. But what you're really doing and what you really mean it's the same problem that that lady Kathy Newman ran into with Jordan Peterson. Having in this country with political violence, politically motivated violence. And I wanna give you a few other examples. For instance, the Southern Poverty Law Center did a poll and found that seven out of 10 Republican voters believe in that white replacement conspiracy theory. Are you concerned about that at all? Right now we have had, I believe, two million illegal immigrants and the Democratic President of the United States has opened our border. It, it was, there was attempt to close the border to illegal immigration. So I will ask you, and I, I mean this not even as a challenge, I'm curious. Why do you think people on the left want millions of people to come in legally or illegally? Well, let's first discuss uh, the inaccuracies in your statement. Number one, there is, there are legal means to 
immigrate into the United States. So for instance, the asylum seekers who are being used as political pawns by people like- okay. uh, She's just gonna dance around it, bro. She's just gonna dance around it. Like, to be fair, he answered her question with a question, right? To be fair. But like, she's just gonna dance around this. She's gonna dance around it, right? Whether they are legal or illegal, the argument that he's making is the country is having an influx of immigrants into this country, which have a drastic impact on the population and the culture of American society, which in turn, when you look at the demographics on how people vote, it's more likely that a lot of these immigrants are going to probably, when they get citizenship or when they have children and those children get old enough to vote, it's, it, it's possible that they will vote for Democrats. Now, I don't really believe that necessarily. I, I think that many of these immigrants might be conservative. A lot of these immigrants might vote conservative. Conservatives and Democratic Party shift over time. But it's a fair question to at least ask so we can have a discussion around it. But she's just going to dance around it because we can't really discuss like the impact of having so much immigrants coming into the country at such a fast pace. Nobody's against immigration. Nobody's against legal immigration. But the question is, how fast, how many? And we should be able to have a conversation about it at least without accusing somebody of being a bigot or accusing somebody of being nefarious. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, I'm not done, or Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis, they came into this country seeking asylum, meaning they are here legally and they are awaiting a federal judge, an immigration judge, to make a decision about their asylum status. Okay, so the idea that the border is open and people are just pouring in illegally is inaccurate. No, it is accurate. No, it's inaccurate. So this is a perfect example of where we differ and there's no reconciling. Either you're right or I'm right. Either millions are coming in illegally, but whom you are calling legal because they're all seeking asylum. Do I hear you correctly? Thanks for the follow, by the way. Uh, I can't even, uh, ASDFG12H, welcome to the Harvey Lobby fam. Thanks for the follow. We have a system in place for asylum seekers. So it's are so you really, are you so saying that we should do away with that system? And if you are saying that, then it would require members of Congress to pass legislation that reforms our immigration system. But I mean, I think you'll agree with the statement, members of Congress have no interest in passing any legislation or engaging in any immigration reform. We have companies and businesses that are exploiting undocumented immigrants for cheap labor and they have no I, recourse I that exists. Uh, but they love, they love the thing. I guarantee you this girl outfit is probably made by an immigrant. Like, you know what? Let's be fair. There is an exploitation of like immigration in this country. Like there are big corporations and big companies and small companies and all of that that take advantage of immigration in this country. But also we have big corporations taking advantage of foreigners in their country and like, you know, child labor and all of that stuff, right? She's a benefactor of all of that exploitation, right? So to get on the high horse, like let's let's be honest here. Let's be honest. I don't care if most people in America didn't want immigrants over here because of racism. What should matter is that Americans get to decide for themselves if they want to let immigrants in their country or not, regardless of what the reason is. Now, we can argue about those reasons and we can disagree about those reasons, but what we cannot do is just allow our president or the people in Congress just to decide we're going to do whatever we want to do regardless of what the American people want. And that's the biggest problem, right? That's the biggest problem. Now, if every Republican, if every conservative decided tomorrow to say, hey, we want all these immigrants in, right? I wouldn't care. What I would say is, if that is what the American people vote for, if that is what they actually want, then the will of the people be done. The will of the people be done. Because that's what democracy is. But when they bypass democracy, that's when people have a problem. Theater. Members of Congress love the the theater. For the record, I, I spit on corporations. They they are they are woke and and they are mm-hmm. abusive of uh, of labor at the same time. So you're not going to get any defense from me or any conservative of big corporations. I can't stand them. <laughs> the fact that Disney will not even allow people uh, at the at, at their amusement parks to say boys and girls anymore gives you an idea of how sick 
they have become in the wokeness of this non-binary evil. And that I do believe is evil. To tell little <laughs> children, you, are, you, you don't know if you're a boy or a girl until you decide. Do you think that's healthy? I think it's unhealthy think to it's spend healthy? the amount of- Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer one question tonight, please time you spend in judging decisions that parents make about their own children. I think it's none of your business. I don't think it's anyone's business. And schools are not doing anything close to what the right wing is describing. I mean, it is amazing because- I would like, please Dennis Prager, I'm pretty sure maybe. I would ask, I would like to really just know why why like the, the amount of trans young youth in this country have like literally shot up over like what, 4,000%. Like explain to me why so many young people are becoming trans and non-binary and all of these different things. Explain to me why the numbers have drastically increased dramatically faster than what? At this rate, it's gonna be more of them than it is gay people. Come on, man. Like, come on, man. This is not just about what you teach your child. Bro, this is an ideology and this ideology is being pushed on social media, in college and universities, in classrooms, on the, the, the TV. Like, that's not just act as if this is something that one parent or parents are in the home teaching their children. Let's come on, like, let's be honest. As you talk about Alan Dershowitz, who had written a column in the New York Times about how it should be okay to have sex with underage girls, okay? Uh, you don't call him a groomer, but you'll call our educators who have done nothing wrong, just want to, create an environment that's welcoming to all students. You'll call them groomers, you'll defame them as some sort of sexual predators, groomers. and it's unacceptable. Sick, Just being clear groomers. about I've that. I never called them groomers, you have the wrong guy. But a teacher that has the kids in, in uh, kindergarten attend a drag queen story hour to see a guy in, in a dress uh, dancing erotically in front of them, those teachers are, are what we would have called 10 years ago, sick. They are depriving children of sexual innocence. And if that's not a sin on the left, the left needs to do a lot of introspection. I would love for you to apply standards like that to the former president of the United States, who you supported, who you- All right, look, I'm just gonna say it like this, man. Look, I never wanna go back to prison. I never wanna go back to jail. I never wanna do time again, right? Never, ever. So help me, right? Like, listen to what I'm saying, but listen. Every parent has to decide what their child wants. All I'm saying for me, and I don't have kids. Caveat, I don't have kids. If you put my child in a room with any adult doing any kind of sexual dancing or any kind of, I don't care if it's man, woman, trans, it, it don't even matter to me what the sex of that person is. If you have my young child in a classroom or anywhere where there is like, sexual dancing or like some kind of like adult behavior being portrayed. I'm a, I think y'all get what I'm trying to say. That, that's all, I can't even say it. I can't even say it, but you get what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't, I ain't trying to hear nothing. I ain't trying to hear no arguments. I ain't trying to hear nothing. At that point, it all goes out the window. As rational as I try to be, as logical as I try to be, it all goes out the window. To endorse, you have completely minimized some of the scandals that he was involved in, including play, paying hush money to uh, adult entertainers uh, he had cheated on what his pregnant wife with. I'm bringing that up because what, you have this adult, weird standard when it comes to our educators, to but no standards when it comes to a person who leads the right. country, who children look to as a role model. But anyway, right. uh, we okay. only have a few I, more I, minutes I, left. No, 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 if you throw out a point, you have to allow me to respond. Exactly, okay, I think we're running out nonsense. of time. We have a hard okay. out, so go ahead. When I was a child, my father didn't say to me, I want you to look to Lyndon Johnson as a role model. This notion that the president's private life, John F. Kennedy had orgies at the White House. Okay, do you speak about that? I don't care about president's private lives, you do. I care about sexualizing children, you don't. I care about Fighting back against life. Look, believe it or not, I don't think the president should be the role model of children. I really don't. Like, I think that the president has a job to do. He works for the people. He has a job to do. And we just judge the president based on the job he's doing, right? I don't need my child looking up to the president of the United States of America. I need my child looking up to me. You need your child looking up to you. 
to guide them and direct them in which path that they should go, right? We don't need other people to lead our children. You are your child's role models. That's the end of that, right? Lies regarding educators sexualizing children. That is not happening, but you guys do love to defame educators who are already underpaid, undervalued, and should be treated a lot better in this country. So I would love to continue this conversation. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. I'd love to invite you to our members only bonus episode if you're willing to stay for another 30 minutes. I don't know if you're open to that. Yeah, I am. Fantastic. Okay, great. Thanks for watching The Young Turks. Well, I should have saw. Well, if it was if it was uh, Jink, <laughs> I would have saw those right now, boy. All right, man. That is what it is. I gave my honest opinion and thoughts on that video. You decide for yourself because at the end of the day, it's all about you thinking for yourself, coming to your own conclusions, agree on the points that make sense to you, disagree on the points that don't, and that's what life is about. But we're here to have a conversation, and we're here to try to make this American experiment work. So that's Dennis Prager and the Young Turks. Let me know what y'all think. One in a million, a million, the one villain. Too hot to be in the kitchen. I'll end up melting the ceiling.